lots of programmers know that they are supposed to be reading code and should be reading code. And yet at the same time, I don't think we get much training in what are we supposed to be reading? How are we supposed to be reading it? What are we supposed to be getting out of it? And that kind of thing. Date July 2015, episode 136 with James Edward Gray II, Ruby Hero, founder of Graysoft Inc., Ruby Rogue, and Screencaster. In this episode, we'll talk about his recent venture into screencasting, reading code, and his future plans for producing screencasts. This episode is sponsored by the lovely people at Code School. Please tell us about your screencasting project. Okay, so I recently released this new video called Less Code. And it's part of a series of videos. I'm actually working on the second one now. It's that the first one is I feel like lots of programmers know that they are supposed to be reading code and should be reading code. And yet at the same time, I don't think we get much training in what are we supposed to be reading how are we supposed to be reading it? What are we supposed to be getting out of it? And that kind of thing. And um, I tried to make a video that I wish I had had when I was getting into it. And that's, I, I would like to know, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be getting out of this? Uh, what kinds of things am I supposed to be looking at? And so you literally ride over my shoulder while I read some library I'm not familiar with. And um, you get to see me, it's kind of weird, I think, as far as screencasts go, because you get to see me make mistakes and get stuck and try to think my way out of it and stuff. And it was hard not to edit those parts out, right? It was like, oh, this is weird and awkward. I should cut this chunk. But I, I resisted the temptation to do that because I wanted you to see that's how it works. You know, you get stuck. You uh, think, okay, well, it can't be that. So it has to be something else. Or here's my theory. How can I prove that? Or things like that. And uh, so I hope that comes across in the video. Why did you decide to approach teaching to code from the perspective that people might have trouble reading code properly? What do you think are the reasons people have trouble reading code? I think it's because, so I've actually been talking about reading code forever. I, I gave a talk, I, I think it might have been 2009 at a Ruby conference about how you should go out and read code and these are the values in it and stuff. And I think people agree with that sentiment in general. But then I just from things I observe and stuff, I really feel like people feel this is kind of overwhelming. Like if you go look at Ruby gems and how many gems do we have, you know, it's it's like, okay, which one do I read? You know, if there's all these gems, you know, well, what I really know is Rails. So does that mean I'd start there? And, you know, as far as code reading projects, that's probably the worst first choice, right? <laughs> Just because scope and scale and, and complexity and, you know, whatever. So I think people don't know what to read and they don't know what they're trying to get out of it. And so I think they do know that this is supposed to be a valuable thing and lots of us say it's valuable and, and say that we get a lot out of it. And yet I think others don't get a lot out of it. And I mentioned Saran before, but she's been really good about through Code Newbie getting people to read code in groups and pick libraries that are 
under 100 lines of code, so you have a decent chance of understanding it and mm. and being able to pick up some information there and, and learn things that you can use on your own. And I found all that really inspiring from her, and that led me to think, I don't think people understand how to crack this problem and what you can actually get out of it. And so I wanted uh, first video to be about that. And while other videos will definitely have code reading in them, I mean, probably every video, but there there's different topics on the different ones. So the ones I'm working on now is about state machines. I've really enjoyed it. And by using the small libraries, you can work with examples that you can keep in your head and you can start to see the basics of how things work. Like in this first video, I use templating engine. So you can start to understand how something like ERB works. And mm -hmm. ERB is more complicated on the inside than the one I show you. But it, it still works in the same basic principle, just with more complicated parts, right? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so I think that's great. Yeah, one of the early comments I received on the video was, when are you going to do Rails? <laughs> and my thought was, you know, a long, long time from now, if ever, you know, mm. because, yeah, condensing that, something like that down to a video, I mean, it would probably be 10 videos and I still probably couldn't cover all of it, you know. And, mm -hmm. and uh, that's just so big and it requires so much from the viewer and, and stuff like that. Whereas these smaller libraries, you can learn so much from on, on an easier scale. Hey, Between Screen listeners, this is John Friscus from Code School here to say hello. If you're not familiar with us, Code School is an online learning destination for existing and aspiring developers that teaches through entertaining content. With experienced instructors and high-quality courses, over a million people have trusted CodeSchool to teach the most popular development languages by turning learning into a game-like experience. So check us out at CodeSchool.com and start learning by doing. Any other future plans for screencasting? Yeah, I have tons of plans. I don't know, you know... I, I'm leery to say too much because, you know, who knows what will all happen. I, I will say that, yeah, guess is one thing I would like to do. Uh, another thing I would like to do is to build a discussion community around the videos themselves so that people can interact with me and others uh, getting something out of these resources and uh, take that to the next level. But I haven't decided what I want that to look like yet. That would eat probably a lot of your time. Right, exactly. So it, right now I'm trying to focus on making videos and stuff, but at, at some point I'm pretty sure I want to have an interactive aspect to it as well but those are all future plans someday for now i'm planning to crank out a couple of videos and see what people think and for now the the feedback has been mostly positive so i'm excited mm -hmm. why do you think this is a good hook or a good point of entry to kind of teach people to be better at coding just yesterday I actually recorded a podcast episode with pat maddox who does ruby steps mm -hmm. and um when I was on that podcast, it was interesting because he talked about my video and he's like, you know, you said this video is about code reading. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's you know, what I wanted to build. And he's all, well, that's funny because I thought it was about debugging. And uh, I really liked that take on it because I hadn't considered it. And what Pat was saying was that 
he felt like the skills I was showing are how to make sense of code or how to go forward when you're stuck or how to see what's going on inside of some code. All super useful things that you need every day in your day job when you're diagnosing problems and trying Mm. to work around them and trying to figure out what's going on. And I think that, in a way, really hits on the reason I wanted to make these videos. I really miss peep code. I don't know if people remember that. It was great, right? Uh, Peep code was a lot about, like, here's this new thing and here's how to get up and running with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And and those were helpful. They were good in that, you know, you could learn a, a thing generally in an hour or so, get the basics with it and start to use it. Um, but those videos all had a, a pretty strong half-life built into them. You know, as that thing aged, the video would fall out of date and uh, stuff like that. So, but then toward the end, uh, Jeffrey Grossenbach, who did Peep Code, hit on this formula that was great. And it was these play-by-play videos where you watch the experts solve usually just some trivial task that he threw at them, right? Build something that does this or whatever. And you got to see them work. And it was super interesting to watch people sort through those problems and work them out. And so in my video series, I'm definitely trying to copy some of that But at the same time, I'm not trying to do trivial problems. I am trying to do real-world practical stuff, like how can you read code? How can you pick up these code understanding skills? Uh, Again, in the next one, I'm working on state machines, which I think are something that programmers don't understand as well as they can, and they can be super valuable once you do understand them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trying to do a similar thing uh, with a more practical focus on the the subject what kind of frequency of releasing episodes do you think might be working for you in the future and also what are your plans for pricing this that's a good question and i've uh, these are definitely things i've debated about so one thing i considered heavily was doing like a subscription you know and producing content regularly uh, i've even had somebody ask me when i'm switching to that model and uh, i've considered it pretty heavily and the answer is probably never because i want to be able to make whatever content I want to make, no matter how hard that is, no matter how time-consuming that is, and I want to be able to make it exactly like I want to make it, which means I don't want to be on a schedule. So, you know, if I can get a video and it's what I want and I can build it in a couple of weeks, great. That's great, and let's do that, you know. But Mm. if it's because I tackled a harder topic and I need more time, to really get it across correctly, I want to be able to take that time and do exactly what I want to do and make it worth it. Also, I, the thing I don't like about doing it subscription-wise is, you know, then you have to get all of them, but maybe all of them aren't interesting to you, you know? Maybe it's you are interested in this one thing, you know this other thing already and don't think you'll get much out of it or it's not something that's your area of interest you know that's totally fair and you should be able to skip that one you know so right now uh the first video i priced at 15 bucks and i again debated pretty heavily on that for you know the amount of value you get into it i've put a ton of effort into them as far as material covered and planning out what to show And as I said, I've really tried to make it a layered thing where you can get, you know, things from 
simple Ruby conventions to higher level concepts like how to read code or how do templating engines work. So there's lots of different layers there where you can pick up information, in my opinion. And then I'm also super liberal with discount codes. I throw them around everywhere. So if -hmm. you're paying attention at all, you probably don't have to pay 15 bucks for it. So that's great. I feel like that's a good price point for me. Thank you.